Hello, and welcome to Cinedrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hello. And Elizabeth. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. We are doing, we're back with film reviews, and we're doing sort of the last several number ones at the box office, give or take. Um starting with sort of the kicking off the summer movie season with the big summer movies that have come out so far. It yeah. is summer 2015. Woo! Fact. And we're drinking, uh, in celebration of summer, what herb evokes summer <laughs> more than rosemary? Come on. Probably uh, several others. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's Mint. the only one that I can grow <laughs> on my windowsill, and we only eat hyper local around this house so <laughs> like the little debbie snacks that we just ate <laughs> um, but we all set it by eating some like whole food stuff sure, sure. that's true we balance we, we live diet diversified lives that's part of what makes life <laughs> worth living so we're, we, are, we are um enjoying a drink uh, called the Rosemary Gin Fizz, mm. and uh, we've basically made a little easy, simple syrup, um, easy and simple, uh, infused with rosemary from the windowsill, and plopped on top of some gin and fresh lemon juice, and topped with club soda. It's delicious. Very refreshing. That's about the most exciting thing that's happened in the past couple days here. Yeah. <laughs> More exciting than some of these movies we've seen, yeah. I'd say. Uh, let's jump in, shall we? Yeah. The so first... the, the, go ahead. No, you, you got it, lady. Oh, gosh. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> the, first film we, uh, the first film we saw was Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, and... And that happened. It was fine. Yeah. Well, I can start. <laughs> Please do. Uh, the name of the game so far of summer 2015 at the movies is narcolepsy for me. <laughs> narcolepsy is in. It is. Uh, and I was working it at Avengers. <laughs> yes, I fell asleep. Um, but really... <laughs> I think this movie I will always be um, appreciative of because it taught me a little something about myself, which is that it's okay that I don't like superhero movies and yeah. comic book movies. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie finally sort of sealed the deal uh, that really that's that's the problem more often than not if I don't like a movie that happens to be of that genre it's probably because it's of that genre and I just <laughs> I, I always find myself thinking well this doesn't make sense and this isn't realistic and blah 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 you know similar things like that and um if I don't accept the premise of what a superhero is I'm not gonna enjoy the story fair enough mm -hmm. and you so, haven't really seen like any of the other marvel movies right so and that... th it was a very like 
in joke sort of movie. I yeah. thought it's totally, yeah. and that's almost a complaint of mine now. And I've seen all of them and lots of, but not all of the Agents of Shield TV show. Like it's just getting so complicated that I'm starting. Even though I've seen them, I'm starting to check out. I don't want to have to like cliff notes all the previous installments right. before going into this. Which is, I mean, unsurprising in that I feel like, and I see this not as a comic book reader, but I feel like that's how comic books are. There's so many right. no, I get it. bajillion plot points, and I think that that doesn't really work for two-hour films. Yeah. Or as Avengers, I feel like it was like a three-hour film. It did feel a little long. <laughs> Though I enjoyed it just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Production value was high. Yeah. I mean, the first one was certainly better and almost more exciting. Just, oh, look, they're all together in one right. movie, and it's balanced, and right. look, Joss Whedon knows what to do with Black Widow. Let's Right. Well, the, the Let's best stuff of both is definitely, like, all of the team. I mean, for me, the best part of the whole Age of Ultron is that party scene, especially at the end when they're all just sort of... Like, when you like see them Thor's in their downtime and they're playing with Thor's hammer, like, yeah. it works as well as it does because they have a whole bunch of charismatic actors and they have good rapport with each other. This is the first movie that I think figured out where Chris Hemsworth's strength lies, which is in being a comedic relief because he's yeah. really funny in it. He's I know. terrifically funny. Um, but there's just so much plot. And then so plot that I don't understand, and immediately coming out of it, I couldn't tell you what the plot is. And I'm not <laughs> a dumb person. Well, mm. hey. <laughs> well, fuck you both. <laughs> I quit. Cheers. Cheers to summer. But, you know, like, I, I didn't give a... And I think, you know, I, of the Marvel phase sevens, or whatever these movies are called, because they have different phases. I still just phase two. I think so, too. But... Of all of the movies, I think my favorite thus far has been Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. And part of the reason is because it was, like, people versus people. Right. And so all the stunts felt, a lot of them were very practical. All the fights, you felt the punches, you felt the consequence. This one was so cartoonish. And the climax is some town that we don't give a shit about. Extras that we don't give a shit about. And then the people we do care about fighting computer animated robots right, right, that all they have yeah. to do is like punch once and they're done. And it just, it's unexciting. Yeah. And it goes on for 45 minutes. <laughs> I think we're going to come back to this when talking about other movies, but yes. if there's a theme so far of this summer movie season, it's extras that we don't give a shit about. Totally. Yeah. It, yeah. Because there's no stakes. But there are some that we do and we'll touch on that too. But but I think, yeah, that's been a weakness of several movies. Right. I will say with Avengers Age of Ultron, I did like Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor I Johnson. Liked, yeah, I liked both of them. That's the most personality I've ever seen Aaron Taylor Johnson have. I know. Actually, that's not true. Nowhere Boy is good, but... Um, but yeah, I, I liked them. I liked Paul Bettany. I liked the new people. Mm -hmm. And by the end, you know, most good superhero movies leave you with that sort of even if it's not a cliffhanger, you're on that sort of high of like, oh, that was so exciting. I can't wait for what's next. And it did kind of leave me with that, with, you know, the, the second class of Avengers or 
whatnot. Yeah. I mean, not as much as some other things that are more successful. But I, I wonder if they'll make know. another movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, at this point, I think I'm more excited about the second class, because I'm kind of, like, sick of Robert Downey Jr. And I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for some, like, new excitement. And I liked Elizabeth Olsen a lot. I like the idea of there finally being, like, another woman who does stuff besides Maria Hill, who, like, is a glorified secretary. Right. A secretary with a gun. Which is no slam on Colby Smolders, who I think is... Smoldering. Smoldering. Yeah. No, I think she's charismatic, and I think she makes the most of the stuff that she has, but... Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying um, about... I don't even remember where my... I've already forgotten what I was saying. As the movie is forgettable. I mean, that's what I'm struck with the most, is just how forgettable the movie is. And I've seen it twice now, because I saw it with you guys, and then I saw it again with my boyfriend, and like struggled to stay awake during it. I don't know, there's a lot of the complaints were that once you get to the um, Jeremy Renner and his wife, that like his normal home life that you didn't know anything about, people are like, oh, it just screeches to a halt. And it kind of does, but I That actually I was liked my favorite that. stuff in it. Yeah, when you're getting more real and less about this convoluted plot. That's Probably because it was humans talking, talking to humans. <laughs> right. Uh, Maybe it's just, to me, just speaking personally... I'm still trying to figure out what... How dare you speak personally? <laughs> I, could, I know, I know, I know. But I'm still trying to figure out what about this genre, if if we can agree that it can be called a genre. No, I, I think it's sure. totally a um, genre. What about it turns me off? I mean, there are many things, but I think part of it for the Avengers series particularly is the feeling that everything is kind of like branding. Oh like, yeah, mm, yeah, heavily. Like not only is the whole, to the detriment of quality. not only is the whole franchise branded, you know, in a meta sort of way, but 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 with but each character has its own brand and its yeah. own. Except it's for just, Black Widow, because well, you right, know, but she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets yeah. exhausting, Ten right? And that in that adds right. into the no stakes. They're not going to kill right. off one of these people right. with all of these marketing and merchandising and right. future sequel opportunities. I mean, yeah, even as about, it is, yeah. the one person they do kill off is like the just introduced character who's the one you care the least about. Yeah. And having said that, they'll still probably find a way to bring Aaron Taylor Johnson back for something. So, you know. So, so I think we we toyed around with introducing a, a new rating system <laughs> here at Cinedrunk. Um, how many shots of gin? <laughs> shots of gin. <laughs> Just what, what type of drink do you need to go into this movie alive to, to make it out of this film alive? I mean, not to If make, it's a great movie, you need to go in stone cold sober. Mm. Not to make light of this, but a roofie drink? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I feel like for this you need, I feel like for this you need a couple of drinks. Because if you're just buzzed enough, you might have some fun at the, like, jokes and oh, charisma. Sure. But if you have three drinks, you are for sure going to fall asleep. You know? Yeah, just not And you definitely should not go to it sober. I would say you need, like, one and a half strong Long Island iced teas <laughs> to, to get through this one. That sounds about right. Perfect. Um, you heard it here. Avengers Age of Ultron, one and a half Long Island iced teams. And, it also, and really, I think it's fine if you nap during parts of it, because 
so much it's not like you're gonna It'll understand it will come back in 2016 or if not then 2017 and you can wikipedia it or yeah like that whole avengers world the... will be opening in orlando that in was the problem was all the stuff like that they were Thor trying to set the, up for the like next lake cave thing yeah. was like wait what is going on oh let's not come back to that it doesn't mean anything except for some future I, Thor sequel. Especially because I feel like and in a two and a half Chris hour Hemsworth movie, in a two and a half hour movie, they spend a good at least hour of that setting up the next thing, as opposed to even right. dealing with what's happening there. <laughs> Which so many people uh, complain about, like the two towers, the middle Lord of the Rings movie, as being like, oh, it's just middle chapter. I don't think so at all. I no, think it's fantastic I on agree. its own. I agree. But this, I can definitely see, is just. It's not the beginning, it's not the end, it's just a chapter. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to go ahead and corral the horses and <laughs> have us move, move on, on. Because we have, a, we have some movies that are much, much better and more exciting to talk about. And much, much worse, so let us well, move on. Well, that's true too. Let us. Akka move on. But the on. next, yeah, speaking Sorry. of Akka moving on, <laughs> no, uh, didn't that work really Sorry. rolls off the tongue. <laughs> The next movie that we saw and the next movie that was released was Pitch Perfect 2, um, which was a barrel of fun. Pitch Perfect Um I thought, I was actually surprised at how entertaining it was. I remember the first one vividly seeing in theaters and just being just delighted. Delighted. Yeah. Which I think we Overjoyed all... and, you know, maybe it had its small flaws here and there, but it didn't really matter. Because it was so much fun. It was like a February or March release. I mean, the first one. It was like October. Is that what it was? Well, it was definitely still not like a... It was sort of like a throwaway It wasn't summer, I don't think. And we sort of went in with diminished expectations. Like, not high expectations. Right, and we went in because there was Anna Kendrick and, like, singing, basically. And it looked marginally entertaining. Right. But it is terrific. Yeah. And the second is... so rewatchable. Yeah, the second is not as good as the first. Certainly not. But, but I'm glad also... they didn't totally try to just replicate or like no, keep not that at same all. formula. It's much different. Yeah, I actually appreciate. I mean, I appreciated a lot of things, which is that it doesn't really work plot-wise. I mean, it has a very not thin at all. plot, but I appreciate that they. You know, we'll talk about this later when we talk about sequels. Um, but it sort of took what you love about the first one. And instead of trying to replicate it, it was just like, these are the things that people love, and they doubled down on it. So there's like more musical acapella sequences, yes, because they're done really well, and I could just watch these various acapella performances, and you sort of love the female bonding of the first one, so they were like, you know what, we're not even going to bother with a love story. Like They doubled down on like the female friendship aspect of it, and it's really about these women celebrating their last year together because they're all seniors, you know? So right. I, I appreciated that. More Rebel Wilson, which <laughs> gets sort of a love story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the only, which that scene with her rowing across the lake <laughs> is so funny. And they do the entire <laughs> song, and I didn't stop laughing through the whole thing. Yeah, no, you I were mean, vocal with your laughter. As I always am. That's true. Even Atta on girl. this podcast. Clever girl. They also, <laughs> I, I was noticing um, during and after the movie they had many fewer rehearsal scenes yeah. of the group actually rehearsing, which I think is risky from a screenwriting point of view because that's kind of the bulk of the plot. I mean, the whole right. point is that they're preparing to go compete. Right. right. But 
it made total sense for the audience because, you know, this is just a fun movie. We don't need to see every nut and bolt. Right. And right. we know pretty much every one of these characters already. Right. Except right. First for one. Haley Seinfeld's character. Right. Who I loved her. So we've so seen them right. in that situation. We, I mean, that's that part of it is nothing new. So to, to add more musical numbers, you know, fully fleshed out musical numbers, yeah. made more sense. I thought that was smart. Yeah, like the first one is much more ground in realism, and then this one is like, okay, they know the characters, let's yeah. just, if it's funny, sure, put it in. Yeah. If it works, fine. Um, I loved the, the woman they got to play their antagonist, the German, actually her. Yeah, and the guy. And the guy oh. were hilarious. Yes, who didn't we see her on Game of Thrones? We did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she was great on that in a very different type of role, mm-hmm. with different hair color too. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It, it knew was. exactly what I wanted to be, and you know, sometimes the sort of backstory or whatever of the films can color your opinion of it. And it's really great that this movie is doing incredibly at the box office, and it's written, produced, and directed, and starring women. Good for Elizabeth Banks. Great for her. Great like, for her. It's well directed. Mm-hmm. They put in more of her and which I could watch just John Michael Higgins. Yes, them all day. Yeah. They're so funny. Yeah, their Tacapella podcast. <laughs> uh, so good. So absurd. <laughs> they did also double down on the absurdness of this one, which I appreciated. Like the first one was a little bit more grounded in reality, right. and this one they were like. No one likes the first one because right. anything feels real. No. So they really doubled down on the absurdness, and I appreciated that. <laughs> like when they go to camp, boot camp. Why? Brilliant. Who knows? But right. It's like and then hilarious. nationals are in some foreign country, and oh, everyone is there, including let's invite all former, I've already, I don't even, Bellas, I guess, former Bellas. Which I totally like teared up at. Oh, sure. It's great. It's a moment, and it works. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine and enjoyable viewing. What, uh, I feel like you need to share a pitcher of margaritas with friends yes. before seeing this. Or sangria. You should definitely yeah. be in a fun, frothy mood. Frothy. Yeah, it's a frothy <laughs> film, friends. <laughs> and wear your best rock-a-pella. <laughs> Well, released the same weekend. Did I just kill it? Yes. Uh, I mean, I killed it. Akka murdered it. Not not even close to trying. Um, Same weekend uh, released was Mad Max Fury Road. Well, I mean, I could do, of all of these movies, I could do a whole podcast on this movie. Mm -hmm. I won't, because there are a million think pieces and glowing reviews out there that I don't have to contribute to it. But I just adore this movie and it's one that i was like not super looking forward to the trailers were like exciting but i'm not a huge like action isn't my life and oftentimes chasings in movies are my least favorite part of movies Mm -hmm. because i have a hard time following the action like there was just nothing about it that and the trailer because i even said to you like oh great it's a bunch of people trying to steal model women yeah and I had no idea that that was actually the whole point. And I mean, it's feminist. It's wonderful. Beyond all of that, it's well cast. Everybody's really strong in it. But beyond that, it was just, I'm going to curse. 
Sorry, Elizabeth Hagen. <laughs> it was just fucking exhilarating. Oh, it's a I mean, fucking rush. I mean, we came out of that movie, and I, A, wanted to rewatch it immediately, yeah. and then did two days later. I went and saw it again, and I wanted to, like, run home. I was just so full of adrenaline, and all of the action is very practical, so you can actually, like, see what's going oh, on, yeah, and it doesn't stunts. feel... The stunts are incredible, and... All of the actors are amazing. Tom Hardy is so expressive with no, hardly any dialogue. Yeah. Even when he has a cage over his face, he's fucking telling you shit with his eyes. Yeah. And Charlize Theron is great. All five of the brides are really well performed, and half of them are models. Right. But they're like great actresses with distinct char- characters who have their own character arcs. Like, I think the film probably has more dialogue spoken by women than it does by men. Like, it's just... Nicholas Holt is incredible. Loved him. I... The score was insane. And again, I want to put it, like, download it and then go running to it because it's so (laughs) exhilarating. Like, it's... I couldn't... I could go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Cosine. This is... Every digit I have enthusiastically up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> Not like, even just two thumbs. It is firing on all cylinders. And yeah. it just works. And there's not a moment wasted. Like, everything oh, no. is crucial. And it's the only movie, really, even including kind of Pitch Perfect and the other comedy we'll talk about, where not only did I not feel like it was too long, but it could have gone on. And if it had gone on, it might have been too long, but it was, like, perfect. Like, I was, there was never a point that I was like, this is great, but okay, when are we getting to the finish line? It was like, I wasn't thinking about time. I was so (laughs) caught up and not breathing. Anyways, someone else talk about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, this movie is magic. Um, Yeah. It's what, it's an example of, the best that movies can do and be mm-hmm. and represent. I think, yeah, it's been a, it's been years since I've seen a movie that kind of shook me this much in terms of uh, being original, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. or at least like that shook me this much into thinking about movies as an art form. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain, there are other movies that felt like an exorcism like this that <laughs> um, <laughs> were special in their own way, but this one just makes me want to make movies and study oh, yeah. movies and watch. I mean, also, I'm it's also art. someone, it's total art and it's, I'm also someone who does not, enjoy watching movies over and over again the same ones over and over again but this you know immediately i wanted to see it again i'm dying to see it again i've still only seen it one time but it's also when it feels like a cinematic experience in the way that there Mm -hmm. are many movies that i loved like from this past year if you look at our top 10 list but probably half of the things on my top 10 were things i watched on my ipad at home and i still love them and i love the acting and the storytelling and the yeah. point of the film, but this was something that, like, you know, we talk a lot in our past, like our summer blockbuster, about that feeling that we had in seeing Jurassic Park on the 
on the screen and seeing Independence Day. And I feel like that every summer, I'm like, I want to recapture that. Like, Absolutely. The experience of being 10 and in a theater and just be like, <gasps> right, being like transported, yes, and like in a communal sense, like correct. you know, we all we grow up with summers off from school, and we still sort of right. think of some of summer as like your time to kick back or soak up like experiences and time off and family right. and all this, and this definitely just like captured a, what a summer blockbuster is in the modern age. Is what I feel like, right. like. You can't get away with just great visual effects anymore. No. Like, and part of the reason that this felt so special is because it didn't rely so much on, like, look at this CGI. No. No, it's like practical effects work every time. They will. If it's done right, it yeah. will work every time. It's like, holy shit, See? there are actual guys on, like, poles on cars. Right, and you are on a car speeding through the desert. Yeah. Yes. Thumbs up. This is exhilarating beyond belief. And it also, I mean, we talked about this before, but not on this podcast. I'm going to talk about it again. <laughs> but the fact that it didn't feel the need as opposed to like the Marvel movies and summer movies that we're so used to or even like Jurassic World which we're going to talk about which is like so much exposition to set up the world that we're living in and what's existing. This movie has zero exposition. Oh, that's my favorite. When it, it just, just drops you in jumps in, in media res. And you understand go. everything. I mean, even the, the wives which I mean, again, I could do a whole podcast just on the sort of feminist message of this movie um but we know so much about the wives and what they've been through and also sort of the thesis of the film when he when the villain who again like with very little dialogue is terrifying because of how he looks and you you get enough just visuals to understand what a like terrible terrible villain he is yeah that I felt fear for him. I felt, you know what I mean, invested in his demise. Like, he felt like a real character at the same time, too. But when he goes in, when he discovers his his wives are missing, and they just write on the wall, like, my, my children will not grow up to be warlords, and who killed the earth? Who killed the earth? And, like, you understand everything about them, about the world that they're yeah. living in and existing, and it's just a visual thing, and you read it, and you know... Yeah. No one has to go into detail about like... And it's such a visually expressive film. Totally. But if you boil it down, I feel like even the script is much smarter than some of the crap we're, we, well, discussed or will discuss. <laughs> yeah. Like, It has a point of view, too. Like, Hollywood. Like, give your money to a script that's good. Yes. I just don't understand. Clearly, it's difficult because not every movie is works and sometimes it's just you know this is a brand or this is a sequel that works we know we're gonna make money it doesn't matter right but this it works also mad max is successful but it's not making as much money as the others so how can you fault you know greedy executives especially when like the global market is so huge right now that right to me one of the things i loved uh was the kind of some of the old timey feel of this yes. movie and mm-hmm. near the beginning there was something that made me think of the Buster Keaton films <laughs> like mm. the one where he is uh, swinging from the clock tower which I haven't Charlie actually Chaplin. That's, that one. no that's Buster Keaton well maybe whatever um, it made me think of those kinds of movies the silent films mm-hmm. um, and 
even though I haven't seen a lot of them, I, well, now I'm all off track because you challenged me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was probably wrong anyway. No, but you're right. It definitely takes a cue from, like, being a visual medium. Oh, for sure. And visual storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I also love to, I, both Nathan and I, we haven't seen a single other Mad Max film. Nor have I. Oh, okay. Nor None have of I. us have. Doesn't matter. Mm-mm. I also just appreciate, you know, first off, George Miller is in his 70s. Right. <laughs> and made this movie, which is insane ass. to me. But in, you know, again, not to bring, like, context, obviously a film should stand on its own, and this more than does, but he, again, wanted, like, practical effects and stunts and all of this, um, but then when it came time to edit it, he had his wife do it, and she had never edited an action film, because he said, I don't want to hire any of the action guys, because if an action editor edits my film it will end up looking and feeling like every other action wow. movie and so he had his wife do it and that's why it feels so different and so fresh is because it's someone who has never edited an action movie you know and having said that she's and great about see what's going on right she's really great about making sure i can actually follow where people are and what's happening i'm not confused about who's who like there's was never really a moment that i was confused about what was going on which, which i am so often in action right movies. especially with just massive chase and there's right. so much action in this right. movie. Right. It's all action all almost. Yeah. And I, you know, and I appreciate, and then I also, like, you know, someone was asking him about, obviously, like, the the sort of feminism in the movie, and he was saying he didn't set out to make, like, which almost makes it better, because I think sometimes, especially if you're talking about, like, an old white male, <laughs> if he was setting out to make a feminist film, it could have been something very different, and instead he just was, like, you know, the reality of a world dominated by, like, violent men probably would have female sex slaves. It happens today, currently. Right. <laughs> Look at all of those poor abducted girls. You know what I mean? Like, and so that was the started sort of jumping up point. He was like, he didn't want the stakes to be about an object. He wanted it to be these people who were taken. And he was like, I can't have a man take women from another man. And that's why Furiosa existed, and that's why it was a woman. Because he mm-hmm. was just smart enough to realize, like, Yo, it's not no. okay if it's one man stealing another man's women. Yeah. That is definitely making women object. And instead, it's a woman supporting other women and then banding together to go find a society run by women. You know what I mean? Like, all of this, like... Anyways, I just yeah. appreciate... Mm-hmm. I, it makes me like George Miller For as sure. a person. With the exception of him having anything to do with Happy Feet, which I have an irrational hatred for that film. <laughs> But we're not going well, to discuss that. We don't that. care about what you think about um, Happy Feet. We care that um, update on this Buster Keaton fiasco. That it was actually Buster Keaton and Safety Last who was hanging out. It was. <laughs> yes. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, uh, on the, the women subject, I w- did go into it expecting a badass Charlize Theron performance. And I got it. But yep. I was a little let down by some of the reviews being like, this is Sigourney Weaver and Aliens. Yeah. Which is not a knock against the film. It's just, I'm not as enamored of the performance as many are. Well, I actually, I actually think it's strange only in that. I mean, I think she's, I think the character is great. I love that Charlize Theron was like, I don't want to look. Like, I love that it was her idea to shave the head yeah. and have a distinction between what she looks like mm-hmm. and what the wives look like 
Um, I do think I've read, like, I read this really great, and I wish I could remember what it was on, but it was this really great um, article written by a female amputee. Mm. And she talked about how, like, she was moved to tears about seeing someone be an action hero who was not only a woman, but an amputee woman, mm. which I thought was really interesting. But overall, I was more affected by the wives storyline and sort of what mm. the implications were to real life. You know what I mean? Like, for me, especially because they have been so sheltered their whole lives, but they never were victims. Even the one who early on when shit starts to get real is like, maybe we can just go back to him. Maybe, which is like totally like you look at domestic abuse and everything like this. It's like a very real thing. And then you see her arc through it. I was sort of more moved by their storylines ultimately mm. than I was by Furious. Right. I mean, Even though I think she's great, arc, but yeah. Yeah. But she's sort of motivated by this one emotion and it carries her through. Yeah. I mean, performance-wise, my takeaway was Nicholas Holt. Yes. Well, what did you say, Nathan, when we came out of it about Nicholas Holt? And something about Mr. Thomas. Oh, it was... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's the next Mr. Tumnus from... You were like, not since... Not Mr. since Mr. <laughs> Tumnus in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, a.k.a. James, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. <laughs> Have I felt such strong feelings Yes. at the cinema? <laughs> Um, I thought he was no, he's phenomenal. Fabulous. And I also was so proud of myself for recognizing him as the <laughs> guy from Warm Bodies. And then I realized that he has he's kind of zombified <laughs> in both. Right. But really, really good. Uh, what what drinks would you need to get this? Actually, I think go to this one sober. Because I actually think that it will be too much for you to handle if you were drunk. <laughs> like, I, I came out of it feeling like I had been shot with adrenaline. And I feel like you want to go into that pure. Yeah. No. You don't. You don't need anything to sit through this. No, you don't need it. But I, one well drink would be fine. Have have your gin and tonic, your rum and coke, whatever your your go to is, and then settle in and prepare to have your mind blown. Buckle up. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, let's briefly talk about our next film, which Elizabeth sadly did not see with us. Oh, uh, Nathan and I saw San Andreas. So you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what there is to say about this movie. We were excited. Any disaster movie, we are on board with, mm. if you know us. But <sighs> snooze fest. I don't know. Yeah. Um... <laughs> what? There's nothing really to say. Uh... Nathan was just gloating and showing me <laughs> pictures of Buster Keaton hanging from. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> to be fair, Charlie Chaplin was on some clock gears in modern times, but that's not the, that's not the image that was evoked. Okay. It's the okay. hanging from a clock tower. Anyway. Good transition to San Andreas. Um, San Andreas was not the worst of the six movies that we're going to discuss, but it may be the least lasting in impact. Um, Paul Giamatti Paul, for Best Supporting Actor. I was just going to say, Paul Giamatti, if you want to oh, see him fly off the handle. He is nothing but committed. Good for he's him. He's so committed. Um, some great special effects. It sure. was just so bizarre that the movie decided to focus so intently on the emotional arc of right, all the characters when it wasn't 
compelling and it it's also not really what people are there to see i mean no one no. expected this to be a good movie so so no one's coming in like to be seeing fulfilling character arcs it was also written by like a 10 year old who <laughs> yeah. just had watched like five other disaster movies and was like oh, okay let me plug in or it could have been written by a computer program that was just like here's a formula okay, your leads are divorced, but, oh, could they? Will they? Won't they? Oh, and here's their daughter, and then there's the stepdad who seems good, but then, oh, of course, we have to make him evil, and then not only is he evil, not he's, like, evil. cartoonishly evil. evil so that later on you can get, like, a satisfying death out of it. Like, just, <laughs> come on. Like, no. Uh, it was it was frustrating in that regard. So I say five... Whiskey shots <laughs> with a pickle brine chaser. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, that actually sounds tasty. I was just, while you were talking about it, I was trying to find the text that you had sent me about it. And this is the text I got from you. But really, <laughs> Paul Giamatti, best supporting actor in San Andreas. So committed. Pretty sure it was written by a fourth grader. And then the next text you go on to say, I think it was possibly a kindergarten class project. Yeah, like... Let's get together and let's write a <laughs> script. Uh, you have the girls in the kindergarten class trying to write like this romance. Divorced people get together and family rah rah, and then the boys were like destruction, and then there's another earthquake, and the building collapses, and then there's a tsunami. Whatever, San Andreas, it exists. If you want to see it, fine. See it pretty drunk. Have some drinks. Have some whiskey shots. Don't spend too much money on it. Don't. Let's move on to something we're much more positive about, and that is Spy. Yes! It is just a delight. Fucking delight. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying like, to not curse because I've already cursed so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset that this movie is not like igniting the box office and the cultural conversation it's in the way so... that like Bridesmaids kind the of The other do. thing is, it is... 100% speaking of a summer where like Pitch Perfect takes the box office and it's already made over a hundred million and it's about women produced by women, written by women, directed by women, Mad Max, which is a total feminist movie. This movie is so feminist. It is. It's so much about women and, and how patriarchy keeps women sort of in their place. And especially if they're not deemed hot women, like there's even the thing with the like hot CIA agent who mm -hmm. everyone loves and, <laughs> Um, but on top of it, and I love that it ends, uh, spoiler alert, maybe I shouldn't do spoiler, it's whatever, I don't care, go see it, <laughs> but that it's not, I'll just say that it's not about, like, a love story, it's not like she becomes this spy and then gets her man, Right. it right. ends with her having that option and choosing instead to, like, hang out with her female friend. She's so good. She's, Melissa she's McCarthy. hilarious. She's a national treasure, I said it. She is, right up there with Alex and Channy, who I've called a national treasure on this podcast. Who is hilarious in this movie as well. In case oh, yeah, you didn't also. know, Alex and Channy is in this movie, and she's a delight. Which as is, reason is enough to see anything. Rose Byrne, who Love. should just really, between this and Neighbors and Bridesmaids, and I mean, she should just be doing comedy, because she's so dry she's and so, so fabulous. Yeah. Um, it also has a great comedic turn by Jude Law, who doesn't do comedy enough. No, and I haven't really, really responded to him in a while. No, me neither. He was great. Jason Statham almost steals the movie as like a spoof on on his persona. Yeah. And it just makes me like him. 
between that and then his girlfriend, Rosie Huntington Whiteley, who was shockingly really great and made me care deeply for her character in Mad Max. They're together. Who, yeah, yeah, for like a long time. And I had written her off, one, because she's a Victoria's Secret model, and two, because she was in an awful Transformers great. movie, but like, she was great in that. So anyways, I have a whole new respect for the two of them. Good on, good on them. Mm-hmm. But my favorite of the bunch in the cast, I think, was Miranda Hart. Miranda Hart. She's so good. Yeah. And by favorite, I mean, part of it is just I've never seen her before or I don't right. remember seeing her. So it was kind of her star turn for me because she's so funny. <laughs> she's so she has these, She's definitely a scene stealer because she's kind of a sidekick type role. Um, but, yeah. I mean, so many reasons to see this movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, script level, take out the jokes. The movie works really well. Add in the jokes, which any comedy, some some will work, some will fall flat. They, it sings. It's so good. The number of hilarious. things that work to the things that don't quite work are far away. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah, and last per minute, or it's been a long time since a comedy. And has I been this belly laugh. I mean, we all oh, belly laugh to that movie. I missed jokes because I was too busy still laughing about the previous <laughs> joke. Yes. And some of them were as simple as her. There's a scene early on where she goes to a really fancy restaurant <laughs> with Jude Law. <laughs> And something makes her laugh, and she does a really loud, like, ha! Like, really, like, uncouth. And it's just such a funny little touch that I was laugh. I mean, I laughed about that for, like, a minute afterwards. Right. Because it was just so... It's just a joyful movie. Oh. Yeah. Seriously, if if you've had a bad day, if you've gotten bad news in your life, (laughs) go to this movie. Please do. I really wish that this was the hit that... Bridesmaids in the Heat was because it totally deserves Which, it'll, to be. It'll hang on. I feel like it will be deemed a right. success. And then it has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. As it should. Also, you get to see Melissa McCarthy pull off a lot of different looks. Which <laughs> you sure do. It's almost as if she's hosting the Oscars like Whoopi, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> or something. I know, also appreciate... Changing characters every scene, but... And the, and I also appreciate you know a common complaint I al- always see about Melissa McCarthy is it's all weight jokes which actually I think is really which... dismissive of her work because I don't really think it is but really none of this movie is there is some jokes about like her not being sort of convention- elegant <laughs> elegant and also like conventionally hot mm-hmm. but it's not that she's because of her weight it's just because she doesn't look like what's her name from. Uh, Marina Baccarin. Yeah, Marina Baccarin. She's also, I mean, she's a, she's a crazy gifted physical comedian. Yes. Not even just because of her size, but beyond all of that, beyond her being a fantastic comedian, I think she's a really, really great actress. Like, even just like St. Vincent from last year, I was really kind of taken aback by just how good she is. Right. And. Or again, to go back to another Paul Feig Feig, how do you say his name? Feig? It's Feig. Feig, a Paul Feig, Melissa McCarthy movie. Even in Bridesmaids, she has, like, the scene where she, like, sort of shakes um, Kristen Wiig out of her stupor. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a moving scene, but The Heat, which I think is sort of underrated, I think it's a really fun movie as well. I think Spy is better, but, like, I thought it was really fun. She's the one who's the heart. Like, it's her stakes, it's her family, it's her, you know what I mean? And she carries those scenes. She brings a certain... 
even with all her slapstick and humor, she brings a certain realness and stakes that makes you care about who she's playing, yeah. which she wouldn't have to do at all. And I totally like felt for and rooted for her character in Spy. I will already be upset come the end of the year when this movie and her performance are not nominated for Golden Globes. Which is, I mean, she also, as someone who very much likes to curse and appreciates a good turn of phrase, <laughs> one of the reasons I love Veep so much, the TV show, she can spout off insults and profanity like no one else. <laughs> She's a genius with it. It makes me laugh so hard and seeing her and Rose Byrne like exchange those. They're such good foils. Oh. So great. <laughs> yeah. Enthusiastic all digits up for this one. So much so. Yeah. Again, I, this is another one where like have a glass of sangria or margarita and go and just anticipate. Have your James Bond martini shaken, not stirred. Yeah. And but then sip it slowly. Because sip you it slowly. Have some hors d'oeuvres. Just laugh your ass off. And then go. Yeah. Um, which brings us to our final movie of the series. Mm. And it is with a heavy heart. I think you're whistling. I think you're whistling too quiet. You went a little <laughs> off key there. Whatever. <laughs> That's the Jurassic Park theme. Yes. So, you know, the preamble to this is if you listen to our blockbuster bracket from last summer, Jurassic Park was our number one blockbuster. It summer is a summer blockbuster. It is undoubtedly in my top five movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I love, 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 love Jurassic Park. So it bums me out so much that Jurassic World was so terrible. Just fish excrement. I mean, almost unwatchable, to be honest. I was so bummed. The yeah. script was written by you know what I think it was I think it was written by like Polish people and then translated <laughs> which I mean no disrespect to Polish people if it yeah, was in your no, language Polish it might have been better I mean someone who is like in level two English courses and not translated yes <laughs> it was so sad. <laughs> Especially bummed me out just because a lot of, I mean, the trailers I never thought looked that great, so I was already kind of like, mm. but of course I'll go see it for the nostalgia factor and Chris Pratt, good Anya. I like Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, but me too. But it was just so dis-a-fucking-pointing. Like, it I, just, it wasn't yeah. even that much fun, and all the reviews were like, no, it's not great, but it's a good summer it wasn't entertainment. Fun. And no, no, it wasn't. I'm kind of, I'm surprised that we're all on the same page with this, but not that surprised because we share a lot of opinions. <laughs> but I'm the first um, one to give a pass to something that's super studio or Hollywood. Right. But just, I Well, when it's something sci-fi, you know, so to speak, I am too very quick to give a pass. Mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll talk about a few things I liked because it's so easy not to, or it's so easy to talk about things I hated, right. but the gyro, whatever, scope. ride, gyro scope, sphere, sphere yeah. ride was a really cool idea. I agree. Um, and actually that looked beautiful. Yeah. And actually that scene of the two boys stuck in it. I mean, it was totally like a takeoff of the car scene from the original, but yeah. that scene was actually like 
tense and well oh, shot. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although it could have been a hundred times better, but yeah. it was it was still decent. And Chris Pratt had some charisma, even though mm-hmm. I don't think he was great. And mm, that's about it. <laughs> oh. I think there was like a brontosaurus head that was a puppet yeah yeah a puppet that i liked animatronic right yeah they were very clear to be like let's linger on this for a while look we're using cgi um and those are the two main things (laughs) um (laughs) i think the worst thing for me was again um kind of like san andreas where there was one character who was pure evil (laughs) there was this guy in this movie, I don't remember his name. Oh, also, I became narcoleptic uh, <laughs> for a short time. Yeah, the a nice bookend, actually. Our first movie, we're narcoleptic, and our final movie. Which is the was... last movie I would ever have expected to be bored at all during his Jurassic World. But yeah. And it was like the climax. Guess what? That you felt wasn't boring. <laughs> um, yeah. But the worst thing is this guy who is not, like, 100% pure evil, but he's definitely, like, oh, he's the bad guy, and he has these, just, he has this kind of brazen attitude that no no one in their right mind would have in front of the people you're trying to, like... Right. Are you talking about the Vincent D'Onofrio, like, military? Yeah. Is that Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. That? Oh, he's been fat for quite some okay, time. So it's he a, was particularly portly looking in this. So he had trouble with so, stairs. <laughs> so a fat Vincent <laughs> I Well, I was going to say, I couldn't tell who the actor was, and I don't remember the name and of the veneered. character. And veneered. He had, like, some Michael Keaton teeth. It was... No. This character is, like, the Hamburglar crossed with Peter Griffin <laughs> goes to Jurassic World. Yeah. And, like... Has these nefarious plots, but is <laughs> too is stupid to like, like hide his, his intentions. Plots that should have at some point in development been like, no, this isn't necessary or working. You don't need a human villain. No. Like, Again, no. <laughs> it's fine to have, you know, and I and I hate to compare it to the original because nothing's going to be the original, and I right, understand right. that. But like, you have. In the original, you have Gennaro, who's an asshole, so you're not, like, totally broken up about his death, and he can be an early one, but you still know him, and it's still horrifying, and it's still whatever, but he's not, like, the villain that they have to fight against. Right. And then you have, like, Gendry, who's trying to steal information, but even with him, it's more that his actions are what causes to the fences to be shut down, which causes the... You know what I mean? As opposed to, like, he is the villain that has to be defeated. But this is, like mustache twirling yeah. and about yeah. the military sort of mustache twirling and also like just stupid the, I- and, the like, idea that the military yeah, Natasha. the idea that the military would want to use dinosaurs to fight their wars right just like, that one what? guy would be like yep I'm here on behalf of the entire military we're right? nope they're ready let's and do the it one scene where we're like ready raptors. to throw raptors into caves to hunt down Osama Bin Laden like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? This is insane. And the one scene where a dinosaur, uh, spoiler, where a dinosaur has, you know, gotten loose and he like immediately is on his phone saying, Excited? I think we have an opportunity. Like before the other guys even left the premises. Yeah. <laughs> it's so no, it's, stupid. It was so dumb. But, but all in all, I was saying after this movie, these are 
This is the worst collection of characters. <laughs> if you can the, even call them that. Well, no, you cannot call them characters. It's the worst collection of excuses for characters that I've seen in a really long time. Which I don't... We Every don't week. go to summer blockbusters to see characters, especially these big CGI tentpole things. No, but you they have to be human right. beings. There has to be something there. They're robots like, or... Right. No. Animated creatures. Ugh. Well, the thing that I was also, well, there's so much. I mean, I guess, you know, speaking of things I liked, I thought Chris Pratt did a much better job than he should have been able to do with the horrible lines of dialogue he had to deliver. He made it work, mostly. Um, I thought Jake Johnson was very funny in a nothing part, but just because he's Jake Johnson is funny. Um, But I had some sentimentality to the music, (laughs) (laughs) although it was used at really weird places yeah, even like the first time well. they used the like giant the you know in the original the i'm going to call it the awe music the musical cue that they use when they first see the dinosaurs when they're in the jeeps and mm. like laura dern is looking at the leaf and sam neil like takes her head away from the leaf and you see all of them just be like oh my god it's a fucking brontosaurus they used that music when they were zooming over the amusement park like, there was not even nary a dinosaur to be seen right. as if, like, us looking at fancy buildings and lots of like. people would be on ducing, which, which is Which, in not. almost a meta way, I kind of liked where they were going with some of that because it was like, ooh, look at this park and, like, everything is so They're branded. Lost. There's a Starbucks and everything yeah. and it was like, right. this is what the franchise has become. Right. Like, in almost some ways that kind of worked, but then, of course, they didn't actually take that anywhere or right. present that as anything other than just, like... This is happenstance. Right. The only other thing I really liked was all of the <laughs> the dinosaur sounds. Just oh, because sure. it takes me, and it's pure nostalgia. Like hearing the T-Rex let out its roar, hearing the velociraptors sounds, like only because it takes me back to that first movie where it's like chilling. Yeah. Or exciting or whatever, but it has nothing to do with it. There's just no sense of awe or wonder. Like they try to build up this like genetically modified or who cares like crazy big dinosaur that just looks like any of the other cgi creatures that we've seen or have already seen in this movie right. mm, no i also hate the idea of i mean again what makes the first one work so much is for one thing it's an intimate story so the deaths right. that you see you know who they are mm-hmm. and like i'm still in denial about the fact that um oh god how do i just forget his name the hunter who goes with Laura Dern. The clever girl. Yep. Ooh. Nope. Gone. My fizzy, my fizzy ginger fizzy, has Lizzie. taken it away. But, um, you know, when he, Muldoon, Muldoon, when he dies, you're like, I'm still in denial about that because he's such a great character and he's so calm, you know, and there's just like no, when it's a sea of extras dying and getting killed by random pterodactyls, who cares? It's a CGI program or random extras. Like, but it doesn't then, increase the stakes. And then having the super-powered dinosaur, the whole thing about the first one is the idea that, like, the hubris of these people thinking that you can interact with nature right. and control nature. But this isn't that. None of them are super-powered. The T-Rex is just behaving like a T-Rex would behave. The Velociraptor is just behaving like a Velociraptor would behave as opposed to, like, a super-special, super-powered dinosaur. Right. You can't see me, but I'm doing, like, <laughs> jerk-off hand movements. 
<laughs> I co-sign that, and I think it's especially a problem when you don't even see the extras dying. No. You oh, don't yeah. Even, no. As far as I could tell, no one was even harmed. Right. Except for, well, no, she wasn't an extra. She was a character because, oh, she... The poor know, assistant. Lost, yeah, she lost... Who had a horrific She death. lost the kids, so she must deserve the worst death out of anyone. Yeah, hers was horrific and totally unearned. As if it should be funny, but no. No. <laughs> it was really... But we also just... don't know her enough as a character for it to be horrific on a, like, character basis. It was right. more horrific that, like, like... Well, remember, there were specifically no characters put <laughs> into this movie. Well, specific. especially when she was one of, like, three women with speaking parts, it was a pretty big bummer to see her get such an awful... Especially when Bryce Dallas Howard... I mean, there are, again, a million think pieces. I won't get into it, but her characterization is horrible. Talk about the first one where it's, like... Who doesn't want to be the Laura Dern character? She's awesome. I, I sure did. Yeah. You know? And she even manages that she gets to play scared. She gets to play out of her element. Because, of course, who isn't? Dinosaurs are freaking running around. But, right. And, like, the kids... This is also... So, the two kids in this are obscenely bad. Uh, obscenely I, bad. I disagree then, with the obscenely. But. Uh, so annoyingly written. And in the first one, you know, yes, the little boy is, like, a little bit too much. But... Steven Spielberg cast it so well that he's so endearing. Right, but yes, he's very talkative and he's annoying Grant, which is an important part to Grant's character development. But you aren't like, I can't wait for this child to die. And when he's climbing that (laughs) fence, you're like, oh my god, no, don't let that happen. For me, as a young boy. Right, and that moment where Grant, where they finally they're up and high in the tree and they finally fall asleep in his arms, you're like touched by it because they earn that moment and you like the kids and you like him and and this movie was trying for like the brotherly connection which I was kind of just I even if it's really bad I'll kind of be moved by for some reason and anytime there's like father son or brothers there's something about it that just it can move me and that's so Spielbergian but then it went from like them enjoying a like finally bonding over like a dinosaur moment when they see the big water one. I can't follow you. Yeah, I don't know what it was called. Like eat something, and for the first time, the cool brother who's only been checking out girls is like, hee hee, I like it. And then the next scene, <laughs> the little brother is like, so mom and dad are getting divorced, and it's like, where is this coming <laughs> from? And then it, it doesn't so come back to it. In. And then it's moments of trying to be funny. You know, even in again, I hate to keep coming back to it, but like in the original once shit gets real and people are dying and it's scary, the moments of levity feel earned. Like, mm-hmm. the intense going down the tree, getting out of the car, and then the car falls on top of them, but they've managed to be in the right place for Grant and the boy. And and then the boy being like, Joseph Mazzella being like, well, we're back in the car. Like, it yeah. works and it's funny and it's a release of tension versus like, the horrific scene where the two boys are attacked, they jump off the waterfall, and they get to the shore, and they're laughing, like, ha, 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 Right. We jumped, and I'm like, it would you be... You jumped, and it's this, like, supposed to be, like, moving moment. You're like, wait. Which, again, no. could have worked if it would have been, like, they, they pull themselves ashore, they're out of breath, and one of them sort of sarcastically be like, well, you made the jump. And it's, like, funny and a release, but it's not played that way. Then they start laughing, and it's like, you're in the middle of nowhere, and there's a killer dinosaur. You would not be laughing. No. What are you doing? The same thing just right Turned after that. Pterodactyls are still swarming around killing people and Bryce Dallas Howard <laughs> is kissing fucking Chris Pratt. What? 
when they come upon the you know the footprints and then they get to where they jumped and it's like oh okay we can have our moment of levity that's like so because bizarre they, we know that they weren't killed in this spot <laughs> right they're still like frantically searching for them but oh okay they jumped you know 20 feet into this waterfall who knows what happened next but let's let's have some banter right here i was actually thinking the similar thing when they were lingering on that g-damn brontosaurus for so long which was right just to you know show us that yeah, they could do the puppets most, but it was like <laughs> aren't you looking for like nearly desperately dead looking children? for your nephews it's also the most like upset and emotional you see bryce dallas howard get over a dead brontosaurus which like yes yeah, she's been calling them assets and doesn't see them as animals and great now she's finding them she sees them as animals in their moment of death but yo your nephews are missing <laughs> That's what you should be the most emotional uh, Yeah, about. what? You're, like, blessing? They're, like, d performing a funeral in the field. <laughs> Last rites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel so, bad. She's a good... I, I think she's no, a good actress. I, I will I, stick up for her in too. several instances, but... For the village well, alone. Oh, just... No. Just the... I'm gonna have you in white and heels, and a, I'm gonna have a sharp straight-haired bob because Until i'm not a real person but then in one scene about halfway through it's a perfect like makeup blown out kind of wave and you're Curls, like wait yeah. one frame before this you had that straight severe, severe bitch haircut that i'm sure you insisted on it's just, also just so sort of gender reductive Right, which in some ways can work because everything was really reductive and like it yes. could be like oh, I agree that throwback, screwball, like the mismatched man and woman and they come together in the end. But no, it just felt really anti-progressive. Just like, no. Also, a movie like this doesn't need a romance thrown in. No. I, I mean, mean, even in the first one, it's not a ro They're already together. You right. Know? Ellie and Dr. Grant are already together. And they're reunited, and we're hoping for them to be reunited because we have interest in them as a couple versus, like, I can't wait for the finale kiss. I hope these two end up together. Who gives a shit? They're dinosaurs. so unsettling. Like, you're in, like, a <laughs> warehouse with everyone, like, being bandaged up because, like, shit's gone down. And, like, this park is going to be sued for billions of dollars. Like, no, it is going under... Bryce Dallas Howard, you were in charge of like operations. Yep. You're probably going to oh, jail. You're going to be named. But in oh, let's have like a silhouette kiss and a, a quippy line and walk off into the sunset. What's next? You're going to jail, bitch. Like <laughs> people died on your watch. Like no, <laughs> probably not. It wasn't all on her shoulders, but still, it was just still, yeah. absurd. She for sure will have lawsuits brought against like, her. Like, just, she will be personal. Injun will be named, the park will be named, and then she personally will right, be named. Right, just a Boston. lack of detail. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah. that happened, and that's and where also, we are. And also, again, with the exception of the weird brontosaurus puppet, it was, like, all CGI, which takes out... CGI just doesn't look special anymore. Unless we're talking, like, Gollum type, or even, like, Planet of the Apes, where it's motion capture, and, like, I can... It feels, you know... The Planet of the Apes movie, like, they felt real. They felt organic. Mm -hmm. But this nothing, it feels like computer-generated bullshit, which is not like exciting to okay. see. For me, my opinion, well, I would say it was okay. Especially the Velociraptors. It was really the Raptors that I was like, I miss those. Mm -hmm. I 
miss the practical effects. Hmm. Well, anyway. that happened. And that catches up to where we are. And what would we recommend drink-wise for that? I mean, I would almost recommend not seeing it. I but. would recommend a sleeping pill, although you really <laughs> need it. This would be like a roofie drip. It is a sleeping pill. I would say, like, get a fish bowl. Like, something super alcoholic. <laughs> so you can just, like, sit back and not have to pay too much attention. Just be mm-hmm. like, ooh, dinosaurs sometimes. And you can just close okay, your bye. music and listen to the score and think about the original one. Close your music? Close your eyes. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Sure. On that note... It's time to close our music. So that's summer thus far, 2015. Uh, there's much to look forward to in the future. But, yeah. But um, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios, amigos. Cheers. Bye.